Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? I'm just trying to get on this radio show. I'm just trying to get on this little radio show and tell them some stories and and just see what happens over here to y'all. How y'all? I hope y'all are doing all right. Because I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere yet. And I just figured I'd talk a little while till Sean comes up here. Dr. Sean, he's a ninja pastor. He's out ninja on somebody. You know how it go. He's just busy. He's busy all the time trying to save lives and save the country. It's busy. He's busy all the time. Boy, we don't hardly get enough time to eat. Now, you know that's a lie. Have you seen him? He clearly finds time to eat. That's right. That's right. Even though Taco Tony don't give him nothing, don't give him nothing to eat, goes and gets Taco, comes back, don't have none. For Sean, Dr. Sean, Ninja Pastor got nothing. Well, anyway, gosh, there's so much going on. How in the world are we going to keep up with it? How in the world are we going to keep up with it? This is the Ninja Pastor here. Thank you for joining me. Hey, listen, I'm all coffeeed up, so you may be in trouble today. Uh, Lord only knows, Lord only knows what could happen when I get all coffeeed up. So, to be fair, I am. I I did warn you. So, far enough, far 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 enough. So, this is Doctor Sean's "The Collision of Faith and Politics: The Real Deal with America." Ninja Pastor with the Collision of Faith and Politics. Don't sue me, bro. That's what I'm calling today's show, but I don't know that has all that much relevance. So don't, <laughs> when you when you when you're two hours into the show or one hour and fifty two minutes in, don't sue me because because uh, I didn't exactly cover everything the way I way I thought I was. Because you know how stuff will go. You know how stuff will go. You just never do know, do you? Sometimes I get going. I can't help myself. Can't stop. You know, I don't have no home learning. Mm-hmm. Reckon I like some French fried potatoes right well. Mm-hmm. That's my imitation of Billy Bob Thornton on uh, Sling Blade. Some folks call it a Kaiser Blade. I call it a Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. One of the best movies I think I've ever seen. Now, granted, it makes you want to slit your own wrist when you're done. Watching the movie, you may not even make it till the end. Let's be honest, you may not even make it till the end. In all fairness, I mean it's just crazy, but it's so well done. That has nothing to do with the show today either. Nothing whatsoever. 
But just to be fair, I'm just letting you know, I had a chai latte earlier today. And now I'm drinking some coffee. And it's real late in the day for me to drink coffee, but guess what? Not going to lie to you, I'm tarred. I'm just so tarred. Uh, yesterday at the uh, Sundays with Dr. Sean, we had a really great group there. We always do. I, I brag on this group all the time, but I'm telling you, they are truly, truly awesome people. And uh, I love them very, very much. And I think I hope they know how much I love them because I do love them. And they're wonderful people. And uh, But uh, they were there, and we had a great, great time. We uh, had a message on James. Message on James. How many of y'all heard that? Did you all listen yet? How many listen? Show your, raise your hands. Don't nobody raise their hands? Come on now. Well, we had a message on James. We started at James 2.14. What good is it? My brother, if someone claims to have faith but has no actions to prove it. So I kind of elaborate on that in following passages. And then I kind of go off a little bit and I go into Hebrews 11. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm 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 real sorry, folks. Uh, sometimes I go off and, you know, I kick, kick down a gate and then I forget to close the gate and then it gets crazy. So, you know, I apologize in advance. But sometimes it's fun. Uh, for folks. <laughs> it's always fun for me. I always enjoy it. I, I love doing what I do, but um, I'm blessed. You know, I was in this horrible car crash, and God left me with just what I need, you know, just what I need to uh, to make it. Thank you, by the way, to all y'all that are in chat. I'm typing thank you even as we speak. Um, if you have questions, by the way, you're listening, you're in chat. If you have questions, just type them in there. That would be a good place for it. And then we'll see uh, if they're clean. We'll we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and let it rip. So can I just say something? I mean, can we be fair? Well, anyway, I was saying about before I so rudely interrupted myself. That boy don't have no home training. He better get him a book. Um, I have to say, I think you might think about downloading the uh, the message from yesterday for real. Not just because it's me. Uh, but it was very well received, and God blessed me um, with with this great group, live group to speak to, and about 30,000 uh, listeners that were listening live and since have listened to the archive. So it's kind of cool. I mean, it's just a neat thing, and, and we kind of go at it. We call it a Kehala. So listen, in, it's free, for real. If you go there, you just click on follow. If, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, their website right now, uh, you all you have to do is go to my site, my show page, and click on follow or subscribe or whatever it is. Go to um, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, and then click on sign up. There's that's a quick way to do it. And uh, we're trying to get a situation where we can embed a, uh, a a player, a live player on my website theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com. We're trying to do that. I'm stupid, and I don't know how to do it. I have a really great uh, web lady, but there's some stuff we have to do in order to make that happen. I don't understand any of it, and so I just get on here and talk. So, But anyway, can I say Republicans and Christians, I am, I am, uh, I guess I would fall into the Christian category, and, and I don't say I guess because I'm waffling on what I believe. Uh, it's how I would describe what I believe. I'm a follower of Christ, of Hamashiach. I'm a... 
I am a follower of the way. If we want to get real, we want to go back to the Hebrew, uh, the way it was in that time. Uh, they were called followers of the way. To be called a Christian was a pejorative. But let's be honest, Republicans and conservatives, um, it's just uh, it's one of those things. It's just one of those things where, unfortunately, um, yeah, I'll just say it, they're wusses. Most of us, let's be honest, most of us are wusses. You know, we always whine. Isn't this the truth? I mean, you can bob your head. Go ahead and shake your head. You just go ahead and shake your head, honey. You know you're going to shake your head because you know it's true. Let's be honest. Most of us are wusses. We whine. This is a good example. We whine when the press treats us unfairly. We say, you know, but the left isn't treated this way. Or, you know, if George Bush said this, you would be all over him or blah, 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 blah. Well, here's a newsflash. I'm just going to tell you. Um, it's just uh, my buddy, Philly Bob. Daggone it, man. He keeps sending me food. He sent me, looks like beef ribs, and they're all dry rubbed. And then he's got uh, some fresh out of his garden zucchini. He's getting ready to grill. Rude. Very rude. Well, we always whine. We always we always whine about, you know, well, if this was George Bush, you know. Well, if this person was white, they would, you know, stop with all that, will you? Come on. That doesn't help anybody. Nobody is helped when we do that. Because you want to know why? Because we act like, this is what we act like. I'm going to be real with you. Because I feel like I can be real with you. Um, I really, for me personally, I think we need to get real here and stop with all this. We make stuff up, in fairness. We make stuff up. We, we imagine stuff. We try to make it as though this is a truth, but it's not a truth. And and the more we say it, no matter no matter how you know much of a believer we are, in fairness, this is not true. We can say it like we believe it, but it's just simply not true. And and the not truth about it is this: um, we. If we want to convince the press that they're being unfair to us, then we're naive and stupid. We're just naive and stupid. That's that's reality, folks. Why do we do it? I don't do it. I'm saying we to be nice to you, but why do we do it? Why do we do it? Look, we know they're not going to join us. We know that. Here's breaking news. I'm going to give you breaking news free of charge, no cost or obligation to you. Here's breaking news, folks. The press is the left. So when we whine about the press treating us unfairly as compared to how they treat the left, they are the left. They are the left. That's reality. They're the left. So when we whine about how they're treating us versus how they're treating the left, they are the left. They're going to treat themselves well. Look, I, I mean, this is honestly, this is just reality. The situation in America, I'm, I'm going to ask you. I'm just going to ask you, and you tell me. You tell me, listeners, and and um, just just you tell me. You tell me. Gosh, I got to be careful sometimes. 
Nah, I don't have to be careful. I'm not going to do that. Why start now? Honestly, it's the situation. I'm asking you. I'm not saying this is not rhetoric. I'm asking you. Is the situation in America really as bad as all of us gloom and doomers or doom and gloomers, as we say, or are we just negative Nellies? Are we? Why don't we just wait and see if America, air quotes, nominates the right man or woman in the Republican primary, and then if that is the one that we want, then we'll just become engaged again. Otherwise, you know, maybe we Christians, air quotes, just stay home and refuse on principle, of course, to vote for the, air quotes, lesser of two evils Republican establishment pick. If the right guy doesn't get elected and it falls to hell in a handbasket, maybe that's the best thing for America, you say, for us to go down in flames, you say. And then we really good people who, you know, we've been sitting on the sidelines, air quotes, on principle, will suddenly become the brave patriots we always pretended to be. And we'll finally come to the rescue of this once great land. We will finally... Uh, we will finally step up. We'll finally step up. We're going to finally do what we say we're capable of doing. You know, we've been on the sidelines. We've done a few things. We've done some Facebook posts, some Twitter posts. We've gone to some rallies and whatnot. But how much have we really gotten involved on a regular basis, on the regular. I'm going to talk in a few minutes about Center for Self-Governance. I'm going to be at a Center for Self-Governance whole, almost a whole week. I'll be there every day, uh, and then you can come. I'll bring my books and sign some books for you and all that. But don't come for me, not that you would, but I'm just saying. Come for these incredible classes. Uh, co-founder of the Center for Self-Governance, Kurt Potter, will be teaching, and I've heard him. He's awesome. I'll give you all the dates and all that in a second. But let me ask you, what does go down in flames look like? What does it feel like? Do you really want to know? Do you really want to know? I, I mean, I, you know, I ask that because, listen, it's hard words. These are hard words. These are hard realizations. It's super, super, super difficult to hear the truth. It's gritty. It's really super gritty. You share this show with your friends. Text them. Tell them, hey, send them the link. Short link there. It's on the Facebook page and all that. Just send them that link. They'll be able to click right in. It's no big deal. Tell them to subscribe or follow when they get here. Look, I'm going to give you today, no cost to you, but lots of obligation to you, my take on what's going on with America, the real unfiltered deal. And honestly, it's about time. It really, honestly, it's about time. So I told you I was going to tell you about uh, Center for Self-Governance. And some people have asked me, hey, you know, what you work for these people? What's the deal? No, I don't work for them. Nobody works for them. Nobody at all works for them. They're all doing this for free. Do you have any idea, you know, the sacrifices these people make? You have any idea? Most people don't, you know, do what these people do. You got people like Michelle Perkins. You got people like Kurt Potter. You got Mark Herr. You know, they're all founders of this thing, and and they've given up everything, everything. 
They're mutually pledged to keep the republic. They're mutually pledged to be with us to say, hey, whatever it costs, whatever is required, we're going to do it. Well, they're coming to Delaware. If you live in Delaware, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, lower tip of, of Virginia, Delmarva, Camden, Delaware. It's, it's, it's in the middle of Delaware, really. It's just a little slightly south of the middle. We're going to be at this place called the Spruce Acres Mansion. And I'll give you the address. We'll put it. Well, I'll tell you what. Don't even fiddle around with Yeah, Yeah, go to the Facebook site. We'll put it on there. But Spruce Acres Mansion, 110 Road 4, Camden, Delaware. Beautiful place. You can get more information. You have to go to the centerforselfgovernance.com in order to sign up. Centerforselfgovernance.com. That's where you sign up. It's really important. Now, this is, I'm going to tell you, there's, there's going to be a few different classes. There's going to be two level two classes. Nobody gets a level two without doing level one. You dig what I'm saying? Nobody nobody jumps over anything. I don't care how prominent you are. I don't care how much you know. Nobody jumps over anything. Everybody starts at level one. I started at level one. For Pete's sake, I talk to half a million people a week. You know, I deal directly with senators and congressmen and big wigs and all that stuff and been dealing with all that political activism for a long time. You'd think, no, everybody, and I'm glad to do it. You know, I'm so stupid, I took level one twice. It's powerful, man. It's powerful. Level one, it's $50. Level one is $50. And uh, I think I think it's a little bit more for level two, but if you haven't taken level one, if you don't even know what I'm talking about, don't worry about what level two costs. So we're going to have some classes. We're going to be a Spruce Acres Mansion on 9-15, starts at 9 a.m., goes to 5 and 916 will be at the same place two days the fir- uh the first day will be level 2 915 will be level 2 then 916 will be level 1 you go to centerforselfgovernance.com that's where you go don't wait around either listen you got to put in for time off if you have a regular job unless you're the boss you know and still you got to make things look don't wait to do it don't say I'll wait to see come on Level two is either sixty or seventy dollars. I have some conflicting information here, so I don't know which it is. Maybe if Michelle is listening, you can shoot me a quick uh, Michelle Perkins. If you could shoot me a quick text, because I have one here that says sixty dollars, the other says seventy. If you just want to audit it, if you don't want to really truly, you just want to kick the tires, ten dollars. Ten dollars. If you've already taken level one, level one, and you want to take it again, level one is only, only ten dollars. To take again. Look, no, you know, come on. You're going to tell me that you really, 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 really care about the Republic. By the way, we're going to have these in Pennsylvania, too. I think Lansdale area. I don't know if it's the following week or when exactly it is. Maybe Michelle Perkins can let me know that, too. Uh, but I know that it's coming, and it's going to be a big deal. By the way, 917. Now, 917, we're going to be in the Newcastle area. We're going to figure out where exactly that will be. Um, you know, that's, that just is what it is. That just is what it is. Hey, uh, some good news. Hold on, I'm typing. Can you hear it? Just typing to my buddy Brad Stein. You know who Brad Stein is. Came up with that BS kit. Bumper sticker, removal kit. Barack Obama, you got these Barack Obama stuff on your... Okay, here we go. Level one, thank you, dear. You're so awesome. 
Level 1 is $50. Level 2 is $60. Lansdale will be level 1. Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Philly Bob, are you listening? Lansdale Millie, are you listening? Get all your people. Level 1 is on 919. 919. I don't know what day that is, but I will tell you what. Um, I will, what I will do, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, if I can be there, if I can be there, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I will go and I'll sign some books. Not, they'll probably have, they'll probably have no, let me see what day it is. I don't even know what day it is. 919. Hey, that's a Saturday, folks. You realize that's a Saturday. 919 is a Saturday. There is no reason why we can't have a gazillion people there. Lansdale. Those people are fired up. No lie. So I will commit to going on 919. I will be there. And if I know Philly, Bob, and Millie, if I know them, I know we're going to have access to some really good food. Um, and I'll be there. It's a level one. I'll sit through level one again. I don't care. This be like my fifth or sixth time. I'm remedial. But in fairness... And coffee is tasting good. I think I made it a little a little thin, though. I don't know how many scoops to put in. I have no idea. I just I just make it up. I just scoop it in there, and it, I don't know. It's just not right. Something's not right with it. Um, but I'm drinking it for effect, not for taste, this particular time. So I'll be there, but I know they're going to have access to great food. We'll have a great lunch. It is going to be a power-packed day. I'm telling you, people, this is a game-changer for you. Centerforselfgovernance.com. Don't say, well, I'll just show up. All the information is on that website. Don't say, I'm just going to show up. Plan in advance to do it. Tell your friends. Maybe if you have an email list, send it out to the email list. You say, what is level one? Level one is a game changer, folks. It's a game changer. You understand this, right? I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. It's a game changer. Look, I told you, I've already taken level one twice, and I'm going to take level two this time and level one. You say, what's the outcome? Well, the outcome is that you become an extremely well-educated citizen who is specifically equipped to embrace self-governance, such that civic involvement and action, much more effective, has greater impact. Self-governance, look, it's imbued to such an extent that every participant, every single one, I don't care if you're afraid of of saying hello to somebody, let, let alone public speaking, everyone's going to become highly effective at legislative activism. And, and, and I say legislative activism, but legislative activism that brings results. Look, we've got to be mutually pledged. It's going to help clarify and simplify your activism. You're, you're, going to, you're, not, you're not going to waste time as much. This is what Thomas Jefferson said. Thomas Jefferson said, to keep a republic requires habit and long training. Well, the training is going to go by in a minute and a half. It's going to be so fast you won't believe it. Seriously, I love it. And it's going to be useful stuff. It's not going to be stuff that you're like, what in the world? And you're going to be drawn in and you won't, you'll just be like, wow, why didn't I go? Seriously, I, I'm not kidding you. So I'm committing to this, two weeks of this. Or basically a week and a half, I guess. This is this this is the real deal, folks. And we gotta do it. So anyway, so you've heard a lot of fluff from the American press. You you've heard a lot of pundits and talking heads for far too long. You 
you want to hear the truth, this is going to be the truth. You're going to hear the truth the best I know it today. I have some incredible resources, some incredible contacts. Anyway, I started to say, next week, um, Brad Stein, you know Brad Stein. He used to be called God's Comic. I don't know if he goes by that anymore. Um, here's a number to call for more information, uh, 215-820-6549, Don Reamer. And this is 919, which is a Saturday, 830 to 530, level one training. It's $50, and it's at um, it's at Lansdale, but I don't have the Toa Menson Township Large Meeting Hall, 1090 Troxel Road, Lansdale, Pennsylvania, 19446. All that stuff we'll make available to you if you just go to the centerforselfgovernance.com, click on the classes near you, boom, be right there. If you're in the New York, the New, the, uh, New York Pennsylvania, Delaware, and New Jersey area, you've got to do it. Stop talking about it and start doing it. But I've asked you. I've asked you multiple times, you know, because you're used to hearing lies and fluffy talk. I talk about this all the time from the pulpit. By the way, I travel all around the country uh, preaching and teaching and, and speaking. I do, um, you know, all kinds of uh, keynote and, and different. I, I'm doing a, a thing in October for Gold Star Families with the uh, Michael Strange Foundation. You know, we travel all over the country doing this. So contact us through the website, the Ninja Pastor or DrSeanGreener.com, and um, our people will get a hold of your people, and we'll do lunch. But look, in America, we, we've become desensitized. What have we become desensitized to? The truth. I said last week, and I'll say it again, it's like a scab that has to be pulled off, and then you've got to scrub that infected wound. Otherwise, it won't heal. It's not going to heal. The longer we wait to face the facts, the worse the infection will be. It's just like with a tooth problem. How many times have you gone to the, to the, the uh, dentist, and you were in pain I mean, serious and serious pain. Oh, I started to say, and I, pro- I interrupted myself. I'm rude that way. Um, Brad Stein will be joining us next week. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Let me tell you, some really big, important stuff. So you're going to want to hear all about that. So join us next week for that. But you know how it is. You, you have a, a, a pain in your mouth, right? Your mouth is really killing you, and, and, and you're all like, mm, maybe if I put these pieces of, leaf, some kind of organic leaf on there. Maybe if I drink, you know, oregano oil or some kind of thing, I'm going to be okay. Although my buddy Wes has me turned on to H2O2, let me tell you. Wow. That's some amazing stuff. But this is beyond that. This is, you know, you've got an infection in there, and and it's hurting you. You can't eat anything. You know, you can't chew. You can't bite down. You accidentally get some cold or some hot on there. You go through the roof. People are texting me with vinegar. Drink vinegar. Rags, apple cider vinegar. Cures everything. I'm just saying, you know, it gets so bad. And, and then and then finally you go to the dentist, and yes, it's worse than it would have been to get it taken care of. But in minutes, you feel total relief. And you're like, why did I wait so long? What was I afraid of? But you got to go through that pain. I talked last week about scandals, and I got a lot of messages on that. You know, I talked about how this administration has had more than, I think, any I've ever seen. You know, Bill Clinton had a lot of scandals, but this guy, Barack Hussein Obama, man, he he just kills it all. Hillary Clinton. People, look, 
on the left, people die. We're we're actually arguing over. Wow, well, I don't know if this guy, this guy Trump, if he gets you know too far along, it's gonna be he's gonna maybe uh, somebody's gonna bring up some of his business lawsuits. People, you know, and all that stuff. His business dealings that could be problems. Really, wow, that's terrible. Somehow or another, the left is able to get elected, even though they kill people. Scandals where people die, innocent people. And you say to me, look, I don't know, I'm so overwhelmed, it's too much. That's what they want. They want you to sit back in your chair and put your hands over your forehead, face, you know, face palm and go, I just I can't take anymore. They want that. That's why they're doing it. They're desensitized. I told you that. They're desensitizing you. I said it before, I'll say it today. The media, this is the lie that the press doesn't want you to know, but the media and Obama, that's an incorrect statement. It should be the media is Obama. By the way, really quick, I want to share this with you before I forget, because if I forget, you know how I am, I have a brain injury, it could it could go bad, and I could be talking about, you know, pork ribs with a dry rub and, you know, you know beef ribs with a, you know, uh, bourbon and... What is it, bourbon? What is my favorite sauce? It's some kind of bourbon sauce. Delicious. Amazing. Unabashed. Look, I'm going to tell you something now. You, Some of you are going to believe because you know it. Others, you've never heard this, and you're going to think that I'm lying to you. But I'm not lying to you. You can look it up. Get a book. The 13 leaders of the – by the way, welcome to chat. Andrea Shaking. We're honored to have her. She is awesome. If you've never listened to her show, folks, you are missing something. She's been on the show as a guest. But her show is Kick Butt, Take No Prisoners. Um, and if you can type in when your show is, um, I'll be glad to tell folks when they can listen to you. But she's awesome. She's the real deal. She travels all around the country, too. Uh, her and Elizabeth uh, Letchworth Christ, just amazing human beings, amazing human beings. There are people who say, I'm going to fight. I'm mutually pledged to keep the republic. And they do it. And they do it. So, anyway. All that said, I'm going to say this to you. Um, there's, a, there's a ton. Some, some think it's as many as 69 or more or more. Blogtalkradio.com, ASK show, Ask Show for Andrea Shea King. Um, tonight at 9 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, blogtalkradio.com. Same place you're listening right now, Mondays through Thursdays. She's kick butt, I'm telling you. She's in your face, in your teeth. She's tough. She's tough. She doesn't play around. So, some fo- I, I got a, a. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can trust this number, but I saw a number today that there may be as many as eighty-two people in Congress that are socialists, and there are leaders of the socialist movement in Congress. See, it used to be we would um, we would absolutely we would absolutely drum them out. They would be. There would be some sort of trial, right? There would be some sort of investigation and trial. If anybody thought you were socialist or... I don't know. What did I do with this coffee? I'm drinking this coffee and it tastes like dirty dishwasher. I I don't even... Maybe it's how I'm making it. I don't know. Maybe three scoops is not enough. But it's just dirty dishwater. That's not your problem. I shouldn't burden you with it. you got enough stuff to deal with. What you got to deal with is socialist. Now... Look, I, I want to be fair to you. If you don't know that they're socialists in Congress, maybe it's that you don't know 
the name for them. Progressive. Some call themselves progressive. They hide behind that term. But there's somebody by the name of Barbara Lee. She does, Look, she wears it proudly. She wears it proudly. These are the values, according to Joseph Farah, the publisher of WorldNet Daily. He once stated, uh, the, the values Lee promotes and has always promoted are the values of socialism, communism, and anti-Americanism. And, and her radicalism, it dates all the way back, all the way back to the early 70s when she was a confidential aide to the Black, Black Panther Party, Minister of Defense Huey Newton. She was also an executive board member of the Communist Party USA. And David Harvitz's uh, website, discoverthenetworks.org, lists a number of Lee's far-left affiliations and positions over the years. Look, she's, she's not simply a socialist. She is, without argument, one of the most dangerous socialists presently serving in Congress. This is a real thing. So why do I bring this up? You can go in the WND article. Just go there and type in August 30th. It was put out by the staff. It was a staff uh, project there at WND. I'm not going to, you know. I, I'm just saying to you, I'm just, and I want to make this point. I think it's very important for you to understand. Look, you have to understand that they look just like everybody else. This this Barbara Lee, she was born Barbara Jean Tut, 1946, in July 1946, in El Paso County, Texas, oddly enough. Her uh, her mother is the recently deceased Mildred Parrish Massey and late Lieutenant Colonel Garvin Alexander Tut. Her biological father, James Lewis, he was a veteran of the Korean War. Sounds good so far, right? We think that, wow, this person should be amazing. We should love her. Right? She should be a freedom fighter. She's from Texas, born in 46. Come on, that'd be awesome. I mean, we, we respect all views. Isn't diversity good? We love that. By the way, Lee has two sisters, Beverly Hardy and Mildred Whitfield. A DNA analysis revealed that Lee descended from people, uh, the people of Sierra Leone and Guinea-Bissau, and uh, she grew up in the Southwest with her with her grandparents for the most part. And as a young girl, she liked to sew, she liked to make dresses, she liked to do fencing. And her mother paid for Catholic school. Uh, she went to Catholic school, uh, piano, sewing, ballet, all these things. Brownies, Girl Scouts, ooh, brownies and Girl Scouts. i got more to say about that later. She attended a private Roman Catholic school, St. Joseph's, from the 5th to the 8th grade. So that's good, right? That's all good stuff. But then her grandmother died. Uh, Willie Lee's family moved to California, lived near her two maternal aunts. While attending San Fernando High School, Barbara challenged a district policy that prevented her from trying out for the cheerleading team on the basis of her race. Now, do I think that's okay, that someone would be barred from trying out for the cheerleading team? No. Just because they're black? I No, or Asian, or purple, or white? Look, I'd love to be in the Black Golfers Association, but they're not letting me in. You know why? Because I'm not black. But here's the truth of the matter. I don't want to be in the Black Golfers Association. I don't have a problem with them having the Black Golfers Association. I really don't care. I really don't. But she wanted to try out for the cheerleading team, and because she was black, in that time frame, in 1960, they wouldn't let her do it. But she was successful. She was successful in this, in this activism. She was successful. This is a good thing. First black cheerleader in our school district. Hey, folks, that's cool. That's a good thing. I can get behind that. 
As a teenager, she won two Music Achievement Awards from the Rotary Club and the Bank of America. She graduated high school in 1964. She lived in the San Francisco Bay Area with her two children before she went to college. She had a three-person family. They received uh, public financial assistance during that time frame. I don't have a problem with that either. I don't. If you need a, a, a little a little hand, a little help out, so she en- enrolled in Mills College in Oakland, and she became the president of the Black Students Association. That I do have a problem with. She was acting as the leader in, in the region for the uh, primary civil rights movement. In '73, she earned her bachelor's degree from Mills College. Two years later, she was granted a master's degree in social work from the University of California, that's right, Berkeley. Her two sons, they work in the insurance industry, right? That's white bread. That's that's middle-class America, Tony Lee. He's the chief executive officer of one of the United States' largest African-American-owned insurance brokerage and consulting firms, Dixon, Dickerson Employee Benefits. Craig Lee is a long-time, long-term senior executive at State Farm. You say, why'd you bring that up, Sean? Hold on. Let me take a drink of my not-even-quite coffee. Ugh, it just gets worse every every drink. That's, ugh. I don't know what I did wrong. Week. So State Farm Insurance, that's you know, that's a mom is a is a, a, a socialist at best. He's at State Farm, he's a big time executive there. Her other son is with Dickerson Employee Benefits. So largest African American owned I mean he's a CEO of it. She's done pretty well. Her black uh two boys have done pretty well. That hand to help her up, that worked out pretty good. What's she mad at? Because you know what paid for her education and and her son's education? People going to work. And now her sons are going to work, earning a paycheck. Paying their taxes. That's... uh. I don't know how you feel about that. How do you feel about that? Tell me. If you're in the chat, you just let me know. Um, look, you would think that, that she would be like, hey, this capitalism thing works pretty well. But they don't think like that. They don't think like it. All right, so you, you say, how does this happen? How do these things happen? I'll tell you how it happens. I'm going to throw a word out there. You might not like it. But this is dating all the way back to the 1930s. I'm going to say it. You can say I'm a crazy tinfoil hat wearer. You can say I'm a whatever you want to do. I don't care what you say. Since when do I worry about that? As my buddy Morty says, don't worry, Sean. People people never, ever, ever are going to call you what you actually are, good or bad, Sean. Good or bad. Yeah, as my friend Andrea says, chip on her shoulder. She's got a chip on her shoulder. Well, wh- why does she have a chip on her shoulder? Why in the world would she have a chip on her shoulder? Listen, it's been pretty good to her, this capitalism thing. It's been pretty good to her. She's had it pretty good. So this is from the Soviet art of brainwashing. I, you know, throw all your rocks all you want. I don't care. I got a big head. It's hard. I hit a car going 92 miles per hour with my head. I think I'll be all right. The Soviet art of brainwashing. You can look this up or get a book. Yeah, no no lie. It's been pretty good to Michelle and Barack Obama, too, but somehow or another, they're always talking about how they got a bad deal. Really? Get a book. 
Look it up. See how good a deal they got. The Soviet art of brainwashing. It's a textbook used in communist training schools. I'm going to say this, and you're going to think I'm making this up. Get a book. Get the internets. The infinite is full of information. Do your research. I humbly beseech you. The Soviet art of brainwashing. This is a textbook used in communist training schools, both in the United States. I know. Hard to believe. Nobody believes that, but there were all the way back in the 1930s and in Russia. And I'm going to share some some more instructions for these operatives, the people that are going to these schools. These were not secret places. They're easily, you can easily find out. No biggie. But I'm going to say this to you. If you don't believe this, then you must be the same person who says, there's no way there's Wahhabist, uh, Islamic sect in the, uh, that's S-E-C-T, not sex goes. This isn't that kind of show. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that there's actually a book, The Soviet Art of Brainwashing, textbook used in communist training schools in both the United States and Russia back in the 30s, beginning in the 30s, but still continuing today, if you don't believe that's the case, let me share something. Let me drop some knowledge on you. Let me drop some knowledge on you. The Wahhabists and the other Islamic schools and the and the mosques that we seem to have no problem allowing in our country. Heck, in some cases, we help fund them. We help build them. Are you kidding me? We actually do this. If you don't believe that the Soviet art of brainwashing is really a thing, a real thing, then you don't believe in the Wahhabi schools. You don't believe in the in the Saudi-funded schools. One of them is the largest one in the United States gets government funding from us and from Saudi, and it's a school we can never inspect. Alexandria, Virginia. There's another one in Richmond. It's a big deal. So put aside your doubt for a moment. You've got this is a quote. I'm laying this on you, page eleven to fourteen. You must work until religion is synonymous with insanity. You must work until the officials of city, county, and state governments will not think twice before they pounce upon religious groups as public enemies. Now, let me lay this on you. I'll read it again if you didn't get it. Let me lay some truth let me drop some truth on you. Let me drop some truth on you. And this is important for you to know. Really super important for you to know. One of our listeners said, I bet there really are Islamic sex schools. Yeah, I bet there are too, because you know what? They want to outpopulate us. They're on pace to do it. They're not fooling around. They're not fooling around. They're willing to do whatever it takes. But here's what this book says. This is the textbook for communist training schools in the United States and Russia beginning in the 30s. Here's just some of the... uh, You must work until religion is synonymous with insanity. Folks, have we not seen this? Come on, you can't turn from this. You cannot turn from the truth. Once you know, you know. Once you know, you know, and you can't turn from it. You can't say, well, I didn't know. I'm telling you, it's free of charge at no cost. Well, maybe some obligation to you. 
You must work until religion is synonymous with insanity. That's what they make the religious folks out to be, don't they? You say it can't possibly be a giant conspiracy because that's too big. You say, I don't believe that this is what it is because, my goodness, it just can't be. It can't be, folks. There's no way. You just can't believe it. You can't believe it's that big. You can't believe that it's that big of a deal going on. That there's that much behind it. That there's that number of people that have to be involved in this terrible thing. Look, Extortion 17. By the way, welcome to my Gold Star families. Thank you so much. I'll be speaking um, at a Gold Star family retreat, the Michael Strange Foundation, uh, coming up in October in New Jersey. It's not open to the public, but it is open to Gold Star families. You have to register, and it's a big deal. It's an awesome thing. But thank you to all the volunteers there. They're amazing what they do. Amazing what they do. They work tirelessly. Government won't do it. So the quote goes on to say, you must work until the officials of city, county, and state governments will not think twice before they pounce upon religious groups as public enemies. Folks, we saw the rain, we saw the American flag. We saw old glory pulled down. I think it, what was it, St. Petersburg? Pulled down off the off the, the uh, city building and replaced by the rainbow flag after gay marriage became legalized, the decision was. And then when, when, whenever there's, a, you know, you saw this thing on the Internet, those of you uh, who have Facebook and those types of things, this thing going around where the crowd um, is, they, they are singing Amazing Grace because the band, band used to play it and they got in big trouble. And not in big trouble, they didn't get in big trouble, but the, uh, the, the, the uh, anti-God people, the atheists, Got their hackles up, whatever their hackles are. I'm not sure what those are. I'm going hunting in a week. I better find out what the hackles are because I might need those. They might be tasty. Mm-hmm. So they got their hackles up, and, they, and they're mad now. They're angry. They're angry. And they say, hey, you better not do this again. You better not do this again. You better not do it again. Or we'll sue you. So what's the crowd do when all this time, for, for years they've been playing these hymns, for years at football games, the entire crowd stands up when they would the band would normally be playing and they sang Amazing Grace. You must work until religion is synonymous with insanity. You must work until the officials of city, county, and state governments will not think twice before they, before they pounce upon religious groups as public enemies. Folks, if you, don't, if you don't have the concept and understanding that we are, in fact, in the midst of a larger plan that seeks to do exactly this, let me read you this next quote, then. If you need more convincing, let me read you this next quote. Movements to improve youth should be invaded and corrupted, as this might interrupt campaigns to produce in youth delinquency, addiction, drunkenness, and sexual promiscuity. That's from this book. Let me drop some truth on you here. Let me drop some truth on you. Let's let's just see if you can handle this. 
Let's just see. Boy Scouts. Girl Scouts. Gay troop leaders. That's a thing now. Let's let them in. Why not? Won't hurt anything. Right? Won't hurt anything. We're nice people. Movements to improve youth. Improve youth should be invaded and corrupted as this might interrupt campaigns to produce in youth delinquency, addiction, drunkenness, and sexual promiscuity. 1930s. What's this book from? The Soviet Art of Brainwashing. It's a textbook used in communist training schools in both the United States and Russia beginning in the 1930s. Here's another one for you. Seek out the leaders of the country's future and educate them into the belief of the animalistic nature of man. They must be taught to frown upon ideas, upon individual endeavor. They must be taught above all things that the salvation of man is found only by his adjusting thoroughly to his environment. Nations which have a high ethical tone are difficult to conquer. You see, this is a gradual degradation of Western society. Look, we've got an obsession with possessions. We've got an obsession with pleasure. We've got an obsession with pornography. We've got an obsession with violence and trivia. That's not random. We already know it's not commercial in nature because G-rated movies outsell R-rated movies two to one. It isn't because they make more money doing R-rated shows, saying the F-word every two seconds, people run around naked. I don't have anything to do with that. It's the gradual degradation, planned and purposeful degradation of Western society, and it's on purpose. And it's happening. You don't have to believe me. Get a book. Go get this book, The Soviet Art of Brainwashing. You can still get it on the infinites. Do your research. Get a book. It's deliberate preparation for destruction and tyranny. It's not random. You say, well, that sounds kind of crazy. That sounds like a tinfoil hat wearer type of person. Leaders like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, they are, to some degree, psychopolitical agents. In some cases, their job is to lie, manipulate, brainwash us. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm talking about Donald Trump a little bit because Lord knows everybody else is. But I'm going to say some different stuff today you've not maybe heard. This is why, uh, you know, the market, I'm going to you know, just say that the, the market, you, you, how many of you have any knowledge? By the way, folks, I'm going to encourage you to go see a movie. My buddy Philly Bob um, is reminding me he and Millie went to see War Room. That's some other friends uh, that went to see it. Sean, I think Sean and Angie went to see it and some other people. Powerful, powerful movie. I can't wait to see it. How many of you know that over the past several weeks, the market has just been getting getting their teeth kicked in here? You know, I'm going to say this. Journalists lie. There's some weird reticence to believe that journalists lie. But they do. All the time. And the reason why Donald Trump, he's proving to be the unsolvable conundrum for the press and for the establishment political pundits on both sides of the aisle. Listen, this is is not just – Donald Trump isn't freaking people out. 
He's not freaking people out on just the conservative side. He's freaking people out on the on the left too. You might say, well, he's such an idiot. They want they want him to run. That's why they're not bothering with him. Well, yes, they are bothering with him. Jorge Ramos. Jorge Ramos is not just some punk. Uh, what do they call it? Cub reporter. He's the chief reporter, chief editor at Univision, largest Latin-speaking news media in the world. And he actually thinks he can just go up to Iowa, get into the room, and interrupt people. Well, I told him to meet with me. I said I asked him for a meeting. Donald Trump don't have to meet with nobody if he don't want to. Come on now. Donald Trump doesn't have to meet with any single person if he doesn't want to. He doesn't have to answer questions. He doesn't have to give you details. He doesn't have to do a thing. The difference is Donald Trump knows it. He's the unsolvable conundrum for the press and the establishment political pundits on both sides. They don't know what to do with them. But you know what? The left is lying to us. Synonymous with the left, the media is lying to us. They say China growth is slowing. So the Wall Street Journal, they say... The Chinese economy is reeling. Please, people. Please. China is growing. The reality is that it's growing. It used to grow 10% per year because it was communism and 2 billion people were farmers. Now it's going down to 7%. Oh, my gosh, the world's over. What if it continues? Who cares? Folks, it's just like the budget. The budget, they say, we cut the budget by 15%. In reality, you want to know what that is when Congress says we cut the budget by 15%? You look at the numbers? You look at the numbers? No. Look at last year's budget. Look at this year's budget. They didn't cut anything by 15%. They're taking 15% less of an increase than they took last year. They're liars, and they're tricking you. You say, what can I do about it? Center for Self-Governance. Look it up. Delaware and Pennsylvania. Two weeks, we're going to be in Delaware. Three days, Pennsylvania for a day. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. You say you want to do something, stop talking a bunch of smack. I talked about this yesterday, um, and if you had a chance to, to, to listen in, thank you. But my sermon yesterday, we're talking in James. Faith without works is dead. I define faith, I define works. It'll help you understand, help you live better. China is growing, folks. They tell you that China is reeling. They're not they're not reeling. The Chinese economy is not reeling. It's growing. Used to grow ten percent. Now it's going down to seven. Guess how much we sell to China per year? Anybody? Anybody? Guess how much we sell to China per year? And sell is in quotes because newspapers make it sound fancy and, and say we export. But the reality of it is they're just BS economics writers. We sell stuff. Less than 1% of our gross national product is sales in sales is to China. Less than 1%. You're led to believe that if China disappear, disappears off the map that we are um, – we're just doomed. If that happens, where are we going to get our stuff? Listen, even if China disappeared com- disappeared completely off the map, the United States would still have a growing economy. 
And by the way, China's not disappearing. It's growing. And oh, by the way, if this is reeling, here's a newsflash for you. I'm about to drop this mic. China, even at their reduced rate of 7%, is growing at a faster rate than the United States. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, by the way, let me let me introduce let me interrupt myself here. The you remember the shooting the the journalist, 24 years old, dude films it, films him. This is a gay black guy gets fired from the news station because they weren't very nice to him. He says, but the reality of it is, he's saying they were racist, but the reality of it was he 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 uh, he was impossible to get along with. So he puts on social media, I'm going to go do this. And then he goes and does it. He films it. And then before he gets caught by police, it's a round through his head. I wish he'd have done that first. Just change the order. Well, the dad of this girl, you know, you might expect that he would be reeling, probably wouldn't be talking to the press very much. Uh, he would just be kind of at home grieving. But he's not. Just like the Sandy Hook uh, family, somehow or another, they mustered up the strength to make a whole lot of anti-gun statements. Well, that's exactly what this guy's doing. A bunch of anti-gun statements. And he says, you've messed with the wrong parent. We're not going to stand for it. If you own a gun, you carry a gun, the next couple minutes are very important to you. Give a listen. We'll be right back with number B. Hey, listeners, let me tell you something really quick. Listen, if you own a gun, not even if you carry a gun, not even if you have a concealed carry permit, but if you own a gun, you need to listen up. You need to get a pen, you need to get paper, something. You need to click into your notes in your smartphone and, and take this number down. First of all, the first number is 20630. Don't worry, I'll repeat it. 20630. Listen, you have the right to defend yourself and your loved ones and your home. All of that stuff is true. You know it is. But the moment you pull the trigger or pull your gun, you are at risk for devastating legal and financial consequences. You know, you can be arrested. You can be jailed. You can be sued. You can be fired. You can be bankrupted. Even when you've legally and justifiably used a gun in self-defense. Listen, you don't have to let this happen to you. Just call Second Call Defense. That number you want is 20630. Listen, it's going to get you a whole month free. 20630. I'll give you the number in a second. You're going to enjoy, listen, when you become a member, you're going to enjoy peace of mind of having immediate and comprehensive legal and financial protection at your fingertips the moment you pull your gun, the moment you pull the trigger, no matter where you are in the United States. You just make two calls. Your first call should always be to 911 to request an ambulance and law enforcement. And listen, we'll tell you exactly what to do, what to say, how to say it. Your second call should be the second call defense. Listen, we've got your back. It's complete legal protection for armed self-defense, and it is fully endorsed by the NRA. It's fully backed by the NRA insurance program. Folks, you've got to have this coverage. I have the Cadillac protection, which is the ultimate coverage, and I'm telling you, it is phenomenal. People say, well, I, I've got homeowner's coverage. That'll protect me. I've got an umbrella policy, civil liability policy. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's specifically excluded. You say, well, I'll get a public, a public defender. They'll keep me out of jail. No, they won't. First of all, usually public defenders are from liberal colleges and liberal law schools. They hate guns. They hate people that carry guns. And they're, they don't understand uh, lethal force to start with. They're overworked. They're underpaid. Is that what you want to bet your freedom on? Is that what you want to bet your financial future on? That? Are you kidding me? 877-502-3300. Secondcalldefense.org. You want to give them this number, 20 
630. That's the Ninja Pastors number. You give them that, they're going to give you a free month. Go to God and Country Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Uh, there's a place where you can sign up. You, you, you know, sign up by the means of putting in your information for the show uh, to follow the show. But there's links on there. Once you do that or on that page, there's a link there. And that will show you exactly where to go. You click on that link, go get all kinds of information. There are no contracts. You're not locked in. And once you get your money back, your free uh, month back, they, they never come back and take it back. This is the best coverage out there. Trust me. I've researched it all. Join today. Welcome back to The Collision of Faith and Politics. Here again is Dr. Sean. Hey, folks, thanks for joining me. Thanks for hanging in there. Um, listen, here's where the uh, where I'm going to be speaking. It's a private room at, ooh, pizza place. Mm. I wonder if the pizza's really good. You know, Philly, Bob, and Millie, they know good food. Uh, I'm betting this the food here is really good. Giuseppe's Pizza and Family Restaurant. It's at 1380 West Street Road, Warminster, Pennsylvania. I'll be there on the 17th. I'll be speaking. Uh, it's a it's a public place, but there's a private room. You might want to let some folks know that you're coming. We can accommodate up to 145 people, I believe. And uh, let's fill that thing up, man. Let's fill it up. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Got a bunch of messages coming in. All right. So thank you for hanging with me. That was an important message. Uh, interest rates might rise. This is what the this is what the uh, the the lying press who's trying to convince you we're trying to brainwash you that this would be the worst thing ever they're playing with you they're messing with you you say it doesn't matter man i don't have i don't have a bunch of money in investments stuff whatever the stock market does do you have a pension do you hope to have a pension do you hope to retire do you no i work for the township i work for the city i work for the i work blah 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 you know, I work in a government job. Guess what? Guess where that money is invested that you're banking on retiring? It's invested in the market. Insurance companies, let's say you have big insurance policies, life insurance, disability insurance. Guess where they invest your premium dollars so they can pay out the money in the market? That's reality, folks. It affects everybody. So they're saying, whoa, interest rates might rise. This is the lying American press. Why, you know, China's problems and the market are indicating that interest rates. Are you kidding me? Look, here's how it works. I'm going to explain this. I'll explain it to you, Lucy. The Fed lends money to banks. When the Fed rate is low, savings rates are low. When saving rates are low, people put money in higher risk stocks than in savings. When savings rates are high, 7% or plus, you know, 7% or more, people put money in their savings account because it's safer, and it really is. That's why people say when interest rates go up, stocks go down. Listen, for those of you who don't know, I used to be a registered investment advisor for 10 years. I had a pretty successful firm, and we used to do all kinds of um, tax-advantaged investing, shall we say, trust and estate planning. I was a fee-based financial planner. 
It's look, here's here's reality, people. Here's reality. The Fed rate is at 0.25, 25 basis points, what we call it in the investment world. That means a quarter of a percent. And it's been there for six years. You know what they should do? They should raise it to 0.5 or even 2%. Nobody's saying, oh, now I should move out of the stock market and get 2% savings rates. By the way, if you if you don't understand this, this is important to know. These people control your life. The Fed only raises rates when every indicator suggests that companies are growing at a fast rate, and they're not. Let's let's just take a quick look at when the Fed raised rates just recently. Through most of the 90s, the market went straight up. Right, the market went straight up. 1999, the NASDAQ 100 went up almost 100% over the next year. The value stocks continued to go higher even after the crash. From 2000, this is a snippet of time, from 2002 to 2007, the Fed raised rates every chance it could get. The market constantly went up. And none of that was from a low base of 25 basis points. So newspapers, news people, some on the left, some on the right that don't – listen, there's some, there's some pundits on, on, the, on the left. Folks, don't listen to them. They're idiots. And there's some on the right, Fox News and others. Don't listen to them. They're idiots. Newspapers, they're lying. They're making you afraid of the rates going up. Big deal. Well, that'll make it impossible for people to buy houses cheaply. So? March 2009. This is what they're saying. Is this like 2009? Whoa, the market hit an all-time low. People are freaking out. People blame the 2009 housing crash, or the 2009 stock market crash on the housing crash. It is, it's, it's simply not true. It's simply not true. And so your little test, your little litmus test, if you are watching a, you know, a swanky-looking, well-suited, hair-done, nice, makeup-looking good uh, talking head on, on your little uh, TV, and they're talking about they're an expert, and they say, well, you know, the 2009 crash, was that, that was the stock market crash in 2009. That was a housing crash. Housing prices peaked in 2006. The housing crash was only one small piece of the puzzle in the 2009 crash. Look, I'm not going to go crazy into the details of how bank accounts, banks account for mortgage debt. It was, it was stupid. What they did was stupid. It was wrong. It should have been illegal. But the bottom line is the Financial Accounting Services Board changed all the rules mid-flight on how banks should account for their debt. It was a horrendously strict rule that forced banks out of business. Why did they make this rule change? Late 2007, at the peak of the market, then the real crash happened. That was the banking crisis. Everybody begged them to change the rules back. When did they change it back? March 2009. Is that a coincidence? Yeah? Well, guess what happened? The market went straight up. The market went straight up. I'm not saying I know everything. I know some stuff. One thing I don't know is who this caller is, but let's give a call. Let's give a try, and hopefully they'll be nice and clean and and all that stuff, and they'll have crazy stuff to say. Welcome to the show. This is Dr. Sean. Who am I speaking to, and where are you calling from? Hello? Yes, this is Dr. Sean. What's your name, and where are you calling from? This is Ed. I'm out of Florida. Awesome, Ed. How How you doing, buddy? All right. So, uh... 
How do you like uh, the stock market fluctuations? Well, it's I'll tell you what, the stock market fluctuation for for people who don't freak out and, and have a little bit of money to make some purchases, probably not a bad thing. Probably not a bad thing. You never want to buy high and uh, and sell when it's low. So it's got to at some point be low in order to buy for people to have opportunities to buy. So maybe not a bad thing. Depends on if that's all that it means. What about you? How do you feel about it? Well, I think the uh, you know the Fed's been artificially pumping money into the system. So I mean, printing. I think printing money. Yeah, well, pumping, printing, whatever you want to what? call. It. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, monopoly. They've been pumping monopoly money into money, the yeah. system. But they have monopoly money. They've been dumping money into the system, and it's just all cronyism to me. So, I mean, uh, you know, I would like to see some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of free market commodities out there rather than, you know, gold and silver still are technically, uh, and and Bitcoin or whatever else, you know, because they are kind of like tied into money itself. But I just see, I'd like to see some more real competing currencies. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We're getting taken to the cleaners by our Fed. Our own Fed is uh it's such it's such a a, a racket. But you know what's funny, Ed? Uh what part of Florida are you from? The Orlando area? Yeah. Awesome place. Awesome place. I did a a, a fairly long book tour in that area. Um the name of my book by the way is Excellence Killed the Church: How Mediocrity is Destroying America. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can click on a link at the ninjapastor.com on the Facebook dot uh, com backslash God What's that? Excellent. The book's called Excellence Killed the Church. Uh, there's two parts to the title. That's the first part. Excellence Killed the Church: How Mediocrity is Destroying America. Yeah, controversial title, but doesn't mean what you think it means. And it's done that. Uh, it's done that on purpose because I happen to be a, a preacher and a pastor, and and um, so we travel all over the country talking about. All kinds of things, and one of the things that we talk about a lot is the status of the church. And and I uh, will tell you that I think um, part of why we're in the shape that we're in in this country is because pastors stopped telling the truth from the pulpit. They they started being more concerned with who's filling the offering plate and not offending folks and and not telling the the real deal, the true story of what's going on in this country and the gospel, the true gospel. And and when they did that, we just became a bunch of sheep. So. Anyway, but uh, so so tell me what the economy is like where you live in the Orlando area. What's your sense of it? How do you feel? Do you feel well? Orlando Orlando's pretty you know a pretty busy place, so it doesn't feel bad here so much because uh, you know people come from all over the world to Orlando, so it's kind of hard to like put it into a vacuum and say that something that's you know uh, out in the middle of Missouri or or in the middle of Ohio or something. It's not really, you know, a, a destination place. Orlando is such a destination place. It keeps all the, you know, the cabs, the hotels, everything going, because people come from all the world. And there are quite a few, you know, 10% of the population in the United States is fairly wealthy. And, you know, 10% of the population in Europe is fairly wealthy. So you're talking millions and millions of people, and one are, we're a destination to them. So, you know, it's going to be good here, mm-hmm. you know. You know what's um, fun? The economy, the economy doesn't bother me as much as like you, you're talking about. I, I just think we have way too much government and government control with money and stuff. And I would like to see uh, competing. I would like to see the church actually offer more free education to especially the kids in need and try to get them out of the government public school systems to really keep them down and don't teach them anything. 
You know, it's and funny that you said that. An anti-Christ uh, agenda. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you just said that because, and you haven't even read my book, but one of the things that I talk about in my book is the status of, of the education system and how to fix it. Uh, because there's there's obviously, as I talked about earlier, uh, I don't know if you were listening when I talked about the the communist, uh, the little textbook, that how to degrade Western culture and uh, the Soviet art of brainwashing is the title of it, all the way back from the 30s. You must work until religion right. is synonymous with insanity. You must work until officials of city, county, and state governments will not think twice before they pounce upon religious groups as public enemies. One of the things I talk about is, you know, the left has taken over. And, and not just the left, but people who have a specific agenda uh, against this country has has taken places on school boards. They've taken places on uh, superintendents. Uh, they've taken places on volunteer organizations. All these different things they've they've gotten in these roles in education, even as it relates to textbooks, to get their objective put into place, and one of the things I talk about in my book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is, is Destroying America, is they are, for, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, churches have been afraid to engage in the community by helping teach people stuff. Yep. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, And, and I yeah, agree I, with what you're saying. It's, it is absolutely critical that churches get heavily involved in that area, teaching people how to write a resume, helping them write the resume, teaching them how to use a computer, teaching young children how to behave appropriately. We see these videos all over. I don't know if you're on social media, but on social media, there's all these videos of these uh, Section 8 communities where all these fights are happening. People are, it's a mass uh, chaos. So it's just one of those things. Well, Ed, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Welcome to call in any time. So here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. We we uh, thank you, Ed, for your call. I appreciate you calling in. Great to have you call anytime. So so we're looking at the Financial Accounting Services Board, and they changed the rules. This is this is how this happened. This is reality. And everybody that had a stake in this said, "Please, for the love of God, change the rules back." And they changed them in March 2009. I'm not saying the housing crisis, air quotes, crisis. You know what the crisis really was? Is uh, Clinton, Bill Clinton, Slick Willie, Willie said, you know what I'd like to do? This is what I'd like to do. I, I would like to win some votes with some folks that could never buy a house under any circumstances. They, they're not even a, They're not even a candidate to own a home. And I'm going to make it so they can get a house. You know why? Because those people are going to vote for me. I want to give the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, what do you call it, um, the American dream. I want to give the American dream. I, I want to I make this accessible to everybody. Guess what happened? People got loans. The government gets on the phone, and they say, Hey, you're going to give the you're going to give this money to these people. You're going to, and and then the mortgage people were like, "Are you kidding me? We're going to give them we're going to give them how well, how are we doing this? These people can't pay. They don't have the income. They don't have the the job security. They don't have this. They don't have that. They're they're not a candidate. 
They're not a candidate. But the government forced them, forced the banks, and now the, all of a sudden the banks are held hostage. Hey, last week I, I talked about the Iran deal, and I really rushed through it, and I felt bad about it because, honestly, uh, you, I cannot begin to tell you how critically important it is for you to know and understand what is going on with this Iran deal. And my friend Susan Warner, she's a senior fellow, um, even though she's a lady, but she's a senior fellow, uh, at this organization. Let me get what the organization is. Let me just get right here. Distinguished singer, sing, Senior Fellow of the Gatestone Institute and co-founder of the Christian group Olive Tree Ministries in Wilmington, Delaware. She's been writing and teaching about Israel and the Middle East for over 15 years. You can reach her at IsraelOliveTree at Yahoo.com. So she wrote this article uh, last week, and I think it's super important for me to hit some points here that I really believe... Uh, are are absolutely critical, really, really super critical. You know, uh, of course, right now I'm, I'm not I'm not happy with your pope, uh, Roman Catholics. I'm I'm not at all happy with your pope. Um, he is absolutely a socialist. He, he, look, you can you can love your church, but if your leader is dragging you down the wrong way, uh, you you, you got to get a new leader. And I don't know how you do that. I'm 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 not uh, terribly well versed on the Roman Catholic Church, but I'm telling you, the Roman Catholic Church has this appearance of being unified under the Pope's pro- proclamation in favor of the Iran air quotes deal. And and let, not to throw rocks at the Roman Catholic Church uh, alone, because Protestant groups they embrace each extreme. This is from the article here. Convinced that either this deal represents an opportunity to bring Iran into the community of nations, or conversely, that this deal represents nothing more than a pathway to satisfying Iran's nuclear ambitions and a catalyst for inevitable regional nuclear arms race. Pacifist groups, including both Catholics and Protestants, have hopped on the bandwagon of hope, absent any clear, realistic comprehension of Iran as a determined and intractable foe of all people outside their brand of Islam. Here is the news of the day for you. Here's the news of the day. Look, I think the Catholic Church, and, and as my friends up in Pennsylvania uh, will will echo this, um, they put them in there on purpose. And I don't know the politics of, of the Catholic Church, and I don't want to throw rocks at something I don't understand, but let's face it, man, the guy's in there on purpose. There's a reason. There's a, Remember I talked at the at the top of the show there's an agenda here, and this agenda has been in place a long time, a long time, before I was even born. I'm coming up on my 50th birthday in September, a long time before I ever got here. Remember that book, that book on brainwashing, this, this Soviet book, used textbook both used in the United States and in, in Russia, that's starting in the 30s. Protestant Christianity, this is from the article by Susan Warner, is not unified. It's both diverse and divided. The the divisions line up along the many hundreds of Protestant denominations might suggest. Each denomination and often each individual church has its own unique way of interpreting God, Jesus, Scripture, war, and politics. Denominationalism itself has become almost a curse within Christianity. Divide and conquer, I'd say. John the Apostle, or Yochanan the Apostle, and Jesus... 
or Yeshua, I prefer to use the, the Hebrew words, Yeshua's best friend said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. She goes on to say, not surprisingly, the Catholic Church, along with some Protestant groups, have landed on the same side of the Iran debate. Their common narrative is a liberal social justice platform couched in a pacifist narrative that Mark Tooley, the president of the Institute on Religion and Democracy, calls neither reassuring nor relevant. Further, Tooley says, serious Christians can't just cry, peace, peace, peace. We have a sacred duty to think through unintended consequences and advocate policies that seek approximate justice and security, which requires diplomacy and capacity for effective force. You know, there's a lot of well-known champions, and she goes on to uh, talk about these posts. And, and if you get my book, Excellence Kill the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, you get that book, it's cheap. I mean, get it on Amazon. Amazon or the ninjapastor.com if you're ever anywhere near. If you come to these uh, Center for Self-Governance, any of these Center for Self-Governance uh, things in Delaware or Pennsylvania, I'll sign them for you. I'll be there. Be there at each one. You go to the Tea Party thing on the 17th up in Warminster, I'll be there and sign it for you. So you know that I'm not a fan of postmodern emergent church movement. I'm, I'm not a fan at all. But there's people like Tony Campalo, uh, Shane Caliborn, and Ron Sider. Now, I've heard Ron Sider teach. I've I've had the opportunity to sit in a very small group and listen to him teach. And I don't think he's a bad guy. He's extremely wrong. He's a little bit, a little bit wacky. A little bit misinformed. He's a lot of bit misinformed about how the world really works because you know he's been he's been living in academia for his whole life and for the most part and and he he gets grants and all this stuff and he lives in a in the the unrealistic world of academia and seminary and 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 he goes to these places doesn't cost him a dime to go. He claims you know how humble and poor he is just like these other guys do. But the reality of it is, is he's been living off of grants and 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 uh, tenured salary for an awful long time. I would say he knows less about what the real world's like than than he claims. But they they embrace this extreme version of the peace and social justice scenario that they apply to the Iran deal. They apply this same thing, and 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 uh, Susan Warner does a great job in this article of of tethering those two things. Peace and social justice. What the heck is social justice? Their version of peace and justice has nothing at all to do with actual peace and justice, but rather hijacks the term and inverts it in order to demonize Israel as the imperialist occupier and advance the Palestinian and Islamic agendas. Here's the crazy thing about this. This is what you need to know. This is not in the article. This is Dr. Sean talking. Here's what you need to know. You need to understand that for a very long time, a very long time, co-opting the vernacular. If you if you learn nothing from today except for that statement, co-option of co-opting of the vernacular. Vernacular are the words that we use in public. You know, we we use these to communicate with one another. Well, the left has been incredibly efficient at co-opting the vernacular to making words uh say and mean what they don't say and they're not they don't mean what they're saying they they sound one way but they're not pro choice great example well, that sounds great everybody likes doesn't everybody like choices i like choices i like to choose things 
I do. I love it. I absolutely love choices. I I love choosing. You know what I like? I like, do I want a cheesesteak or do I want a hoagie? Gay is another example. My super top researcher. Gay is another example. Hey, gay, I'm happy. Progressive. I like to progress. I like to think that I'm a progressive person. But I can't use that word anymore. Liberal. I'm a pretty generous guy. But I can't say I'm liberal. Why? Because they co-opted that word. Pro-choice. Pro-choice. I like to choose. I just said it. What is pro-choice actually? Pro-choice is pro-death. One of my top researchers sent me a photograph today I can't share with you because it's so vulgar, but it was an actual public march. And it's these women, and they have incredibly graphic signs, that, and they're walking around in their bras. And, and and the signs say something to the effect of, keep your hands out of my, you know, keep them off my, yet these same people want us to pay for their birth control. They want us to pay for their abortions. You talk about gay, hey, Fred Flintstone, that guy, he he said, right in the, the song, he says, hey, gay old time, you know, before the, the big uh, brontosaurus ribs tip over his thing at the... You know, when he's looking at, he's at the drive-in. There's so many words. I mean, I could make a show, a two-hour show, uh, just off of that. You know, liberated is good, liberal is good, progressive is good, gay is good. What is it, trans-financial, transsexual? You know, all these things, these are, these are all beautiful things, right? You know, yeah, of course they are, because the word... Sounds really great, just like peace and justice. That sounds great. And you can say that these people, the Ron Siders, the the Shane Caliborn, the Tony Campalo, you can say, hey, they're really nice people. They do a really nice thing. They lead people to Christ. Do they? Are they really? And we can say they're peaceful people, but if they're supporting the Palestinians and the and the uh, Hamas and Hezbollah, they're not peaceful people. They're not peaceful people. To demonize Israel as an imperialist occupier and to advance the Palestinian and Islamic agenda, these people are killing people. They're cutting people's heads off. They're setting people on fire. Listen, join my Facebook. Go to my Facebook. Facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio. Click on like. You can follow me there. You can follow me on my regular Facebook. And you'll see, I post these things all the time. There's Just last week alone, they burnt people alive. Here's, an, here's another term you'll love. This is a co-opting of the vernacular. It doesn't mean what you think it means. Marriage equality. Well, I believe in marriage and I believe in equality. I don't want to be unfair to people. Why wouldn't I be for that? Co-opting the vernacular. You know, there's Christian organizations such as Subbeal. This is back to the article. Christian organizations such as Subbeal, Christ at the Checkpoint Conference, and hundreds of other Christian groups that deny Israel's legitimate claims to the land seem totally oblivious. 
to the existential threat Iran poses not only to Israel but all of Western civilization. Listen, Iran already has rockets that they can hit Israel with. It isn't a, as uh, as Benjamin. I, I had the pleasure of being a guest on a show with him, and Benjamin uh, Netanyahu. That's how you pronounce his name correctly. Benjamin. That's Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, Bibi Netanyahu, you know, he has said for a long time, listen, folks, Iran doesn't want to get the get the, get nukes to hit us. They can already hit us. It ain't about us. It's not about Israel. They, they can always do they can do that. They've got that ability right now. They want to hit you in the West. America, they want to hit us. This is all real stuff. You can see you're so busy with so many things. You're so busy with all of these air quote scandals. That you can't imagine. And then going all the way back to that a Russian book that, that says to portray Christians or people of religious faith as insane people, they've been so effective at that. You've been so busy fighting being called a racist and this, that, and the other. Then now you're just so busy with all that, you can't even focus on the fact that this, this air quotes treaty negotiated outside of the watchful eye of Congress, or at least the oversight of Congress, by people who clearly have a dog in the hunt. You've got uh, John Kerry, whose daughter is married to an Iranian guy with very, very high ties in the Iranian government. You've got uh, Hillary Clinton, whose personal assistant, Huma Abedin, slash Wiener, her family's Muslim, got Muslim Brotherhood written all over it. You got a president named Barack Hussein Obama. Are you out of your mind, America? Just a few short years after we're hit by Islamists. Just a few short years. We hire a guy with no employment history. Never even run a, a lemonade stand. Never even signed the front of a check. Never, not one time. An idiot of, of epic proportions. Dope smoking. You know, everything points to the fact that he was a secretly gay guy in this gay club in Chicago. Look, I'm not. I'm. I'm not against gay. I'm not. I don't want to hurt any gay people. I don't want to. I have dear friends that are gay. I have relatives that are gay. You want to try to hurt them? You're going to have to get through me first. But the president lies about who he is. Look, this whole group of people, these allegedly Christian organizations, Sabil, Christ the Checkpoint Conference, hundreds of that. Look, they say, hey, you know what? Israel doesn't have a right to this land. We should just give it to, you know, Hamas and, and Palestine. Just give it to them. Look, in this club, this 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 club, this is back to the article, this club, Jim Wallace. You guys have heard of Jim Wallace. He's the president and founder of Sojourners, an organization focused on social justice with roots in, air quotes, liberation Theology, made famous in 2008 by former Obama pastor Jeremiah Wright. Wallace is a longtime friend and advisor to the president. He's leading his Christian, air quotes, Christian devotees 
in a hope but verify movement to support our Obama's Iran deal. And that same organization uh, that that keeps a, uh, an eye on this has cited Wallace's Sojourner magazine for its frequent attacks against Israel. But then you have, and this is from uh, Susan Warner, uh, from her article, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Pastor John Hagee, founder of Christians United for Israel, or KUFI, and leader of an enormous media ministry, has expounded the Christian pro-Israel message for the past 25 years. Longtime friend Gary Bauer, at the head of New Lobbying, Initiative as well, and well over 2 million followers. Kufi is following in an all-out campaign, is leading an all-out campaign against the Iran deal in solidarity with Israel. Pastor John Hagee, this is from the article still, has spoken out strongly against President Obama's Iran deal, portraying it as a danger to the United States and Israel. In that same camp, the influential International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem, ICEJ, has taken a major leadership role in the opposition to the Iran deal. Their campaign, called, and I like this, Not One Bomb for Iran, has been collecting signatures on petitions to help defeat the deal. Joining ICEJ is a list of Christian groups such as heavies like Dr. Michael Little, president of the Christian Business Network, CBN, Jerry Johnson, president of the National Religious Broadcasters, Steve Strang, founder and CEO of Charisma uh, Charisma Media, Dr. James C. Dobson, uh, Jane Hansen Hoyt, president of Aglow International, Penny Nance, CEO of Concerned Women for America, who I know, Dr. Paul Nyquist, president of Moody Bible Institute, Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council, and many others. But you know, it's not just them. Hispanic evangelicals are also raising their collective voices against the Iran deal. There's a whole bunch of people that they're represented by. They say the deal is not only bad, it's very dangerous. It falls woefully short on what Democrats and Republicans in Congress have said is acceptable. The implementation of this deal will lead to devastation, results in the near term and in the future. In the short run, the agreement ensures the end of sanctions and empowers Iran to continue to fund terrorists who target Christians and Jews and even Muslims with whom they disagree. Evangelical leader Franklin Graham, son of uh, Reverend Dr. Billy Graham criticized the nuclear deal, writing, Iran has a history of funding terrorism around the world. It's, I would disagree with them. It's not a history. It's a present. They have a history and a present. And they are Israel's worst enemy. We are alienating our decade-long, decades-long ally, and we're cozying up to their enemies and ours. Look, I, I want you to understand something here. This is very important for you to understand. I'm looking at a stack of papers, all about negotiations with Iran. And and you're hearing, you are hearing, by the way, in Delaware, folks, if you're listening in Delaware, your Congressman Carney and Carper, they've all said, we support it. Call them three times a week. Call them three times a week. Here are their numbers. Congressman Carney's number, 202 225-4165. Senator Carper's number, come on, Delaware, 202-224-2441. That's 202-224-2441. Senator Coons, big one here. I don't care for the guy personally. He's smarmy, but he's an extremely smart guy. Put the pressure on, Delaware. Put the pressure on. 202-224-5042. That's 202-224-5042. 
Call three times a week. Man, you can't do three telephone calls a week? Are you kidding me? Look, you don't really want to save the republic. You don't really want to keep the republic. If you're not willing to do that, make a phone call. For Pete's sake, everybody's got five minutes. Here's, here's I started on this uh, last week. They said the choice in this deal is deal or war. The, the opposite is true. So $150 billion has been given back to Iran in this deal. $150 billion. They say it's their money. It's not really their money. What do they do with their money now? They fund terrorism all around the world. They make no they're not even afraid of it. They're not they're not embarrassed of it. Why are you embarrassed to acknowledge it when they're not embarrassed? Even while this in these negotiations were going on, they're they're having protests in the street. Death to Israel, death to Israel. These people, they're, they're not ever going to change. You can't sit and talk to them. The other myth is Iran won't get a nuclear weapon. This deal has nothing to do with blocking Iran's path to a bomb. What it does is it legitimizes Iran's nuclear program. It allows it to legally reach a nuclear weapon capability with a breakout time. That means till they're ready to go with it to drop it on somebody, measured in only days, folks. This is reality. This is this is reality. Why do you think our government kept Israel? You know that's only five five countries, right? You understand that. How many people understand that? Raise your hand. I can't see them on radio. Come on. People out there raising their hands. Come on, people. High five me with that raised hand. I'll take it. Five countries, folks. The whole world is going along with it. They're telling you the whole world is going along with it. Are you kidding me? Five countries. Israel, the one with the greatest to lose. Not even invited to participate in it. That's the other myth. The whole world backs this deal. None of Iran's neighbors were involved in this. Only five other countries. None of them neighbors to Iran. There's there's many countries in the Middle East, including Israel, Saudi Arabia, and other Persian Gulf countries. They're deeply concerned about the impact this deal will have on Iran's capability to fund terrorism and promote instability. That's reality, folks. Here's another myth. With no deal, Iran is free from scrutiny. Are you kidding me? This deal makes it so they're not... They, they say, oh, no, we don't have weapons. No, we don't have weapons. We don't have... No, we don't have central views making bomb. We don't make no bomb. We're making nuclear power because we have no... Other power. We don't have billions of gallons of oil underneath our lands that we can use for very little money. No, we we want to help people in our land in Iran. Iran, we want to help. So we're doing uh, we're doing this bomb. No, we're not doing bomb. We're doing for to run our television and our refrigerator. That's what we're doing. Not bomb. We're not doing bomb. Oh, you're crazy so much with bomb, talking about bomb. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Iran, can we look? Can we come look and see what you're doing there? Oh, no. No, no, no. No, no. Remember what the dealers say. You cannot look at anything military installation. No. You cannot look at it. Well, every nuclear site you have has a military installation sign on it. says we can't go. I'm sorry. Sorry, you sign, you dumb. You're so stupid. You, I mean, you're smart to sign this. We'll check for you. We'll look. We know there's no bump making, but we'll look for you. That's what we do. Go have some falafel. With no deal, it, it, they say this is what they're telling you, and, and you shouldn't believe this. No deal, Iran will sprint to a bomb. Look, if Iran turned on all of their 19,000 installed centrifuges, that what changes the material into nuclear changes nuclear material into something they can use either for power or for bombs. If they turn on all their 19,000 installed centrifuges, breakout time, in other words, the time from when they start to the time when they're dropping bombs on people's heads, will be about two to three months to enrich enough uranium, uranium to weapons grade. But first, Iran would have to banish all IAEA inspectors and reconfigure its centrifuges to produce highly enriched uranium. Iran knows such a breakout would risk a military strike on its nuclear infrastructure, which would grievously damage a program that took decades and billions of dollars to build. The other myth is with no deal, sanctions will fall apart. What do you mean sanctions will fall apart? On the first day of this deal's implementation, nearly all financial, investment, and energy sanctions lift, almost all of them. With no deal, the United States continues to impact the behavior of partners. The United States statutory sanctions on elements of Iran's economy continue. Access to the United States economy is crucial to most countries and companies, and to those that choose to confront the United States on this issue could lose access. Well, that's reality, folks. That's reality. There's this thing called snapback. Snapback will work. This is what they're saying. The snapback mechanism is problematic. It requires up to 65 days to establish and would only apply for major Iranian violations, meaning there are no consequences spelled out for more minor violations, which they do all the time. In addition, snapback explicitly explicitly exempts all international contracts signed before a violation significantly reducing it. In other words, if there's a contract or a deal signed prior to the violation, it's not included. They're exempted. Who made this deal? Can somebody help me? Who made this deal? John Kerry. Lurch. Barack Hussein Obama. Why? Ask yourself, why does he want to open Cuba? Normalize relations with Cuba. Why does it why does he want to be so buddy buddy with Mexico? Mexico A Mexico F That's how you pronounce it. If you want to get an A, you gotta say Mexico. If you say Mexico, you get an F. You you've come on. You've gotta you've gotta understand the reality here. You've gotta face the facts. Why is our president by the name of Brock? Hussein Obama, for Pete's sake. Why is this guy so interested in being so cozied up to Saudi Arabia, Iran, Cuba? Why? 
By the way, you know the people on the streets in Venezuela. Why haven't you heard this? Why haven't you heard that they're rioting? They're fighting over bread. They're killing each other over bread, one loaf of bread. Why haven't you heard this? Because the press doesn't want you to know. Socialism has never worked. No way, shape, or form. You know, and and this is another myth here. Well, but if we do this deal, it strengthens Iran's moderates. We're helping them to help fight the the other crazy people. They're all crazy in Iran. Deshaun, that's not very Christian of you. It's not very nice. Really? Are you really telling me I'm not very nice by saying to you that they're crazy people? They think crazy. Well, they can't help it. They don't get to watch our television. So they watch their television, which tells them all the time how bad we are. Well, are we really that bad? Really? Let me ask you something. If they're wrong about us, the millions and millions and millions of people, if they're wrong about us, but they still bomb us, are we still dead? Yeah, we know they're wrong. We know they're misguided, but we're still dead. I'm not willing to die or give any of my children or my loved ones to fight, not really fight, because this this administration doesn't know what fighting means, to really fight our enemy and win. I'm not willing to give them for that. I'm not willing to do it. Because they're idiots. Because even though there's people in that country, in the country of Iran, that are good people and you know they're they're misguided, they're misinformed, even though that's the case, look, we know that's the case. We know that's the case. They're still going to kill us. It doesn't change the fact they're going to kill us. That's reality. We got to face that. This deals you know, this is what they say, There's that it strengthens Iran's moderates. There's no evidence that this deal will impact Iranian foreign policy, support for terrorism, or human rights. In other words, in, in the deal itself, it doesn't make any tethers to that. It doesn't say, hey, if we do this deal with you, you're going to have to change your foreign policy. You're going to have to stop your support for terrorism. You're going to have to stop throwing people off of roofs, setting people on fire. $150 billion, day one. Not only that, but renewed oil sales. Billions more. Listen, we know from reality this this agreement, you know what it's going to do? It's going to expand the extreme behavior of Iran. They're extremely faithful to the ethos of the Islamic revolution. Look, they told you, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but Obamacare. Sorry, I said it. Obamacare. You went along with Obamacare. You didn't fight it. You didn't storm the gates. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. Because you wanted to be kind. You wanted to be super smart. You wanted to be all those things. You wanted to be all those things. You wanted to be, you know, history-making. You wanted to believe for better. You didn't want to believe that they were really that bad. They want to help us, these politicians. They want to help us. Barack, he wants to help us. He wants us to have everybody have health insurance. He wants everybody. We want to be, uh, we want to be super, super nice to everybody. We want everybody, 
you know, regardless of their insurability, we want them to be able to have insurance. And so this is magically going to happen. It's magic. It's super magic. By the way, Baltimore, there's a Stop Iran rally. Uh, let's see here. When is this? The time is now. Join us for an important community gathering. Featured speakers include Howard Core, CEO of APAC, Tuesday, September 1st, that's tomorrow, 7 to 8, at Beth Tefilo Cong- Congregation, 3300 Old Court Road, Pikesville, Maryland. That's tomorrow. You ought to go. If you can do it, you ought to go. Look, I started the show telling you about all of these things. It's a much bigger deal. It's a much, much bigger deal. And you understand that at the start of the show, I said Republicans and Christians and and, and liberal you know, Jews, we're, we're wusses. We really genuinely are wusses. We whine. Press doesn't treat us nice. We whine about that. And I asked you, is the situation in America really as bad as all of us doom and gloomers say? Are we just negative Nellies? Does this Iran, Iranian issue, does it sound at all reasonable to you? Does it? Folks, it's crazy. Look, if you look back and you look at Barack Hussein Obama, a crazy guy, nothing but a sketchy history, educated in the most anti-American manner possible, and this guy gets elected because he talks about hope and change, hope and change, he's going to make it better. He going to make it better. He going to make it better. Barack going to make it better. I ain't going to have to pay for gas in my car no more. Why did all these nameless, faithless people, all they got is a hashtag and a label, shouting for the election and re-election of Barack Hussein Obama, why did they do it? Because they wanted stuff. They had an agenda. And they did it because we let them. They weren't afraid of us. You know, we're a bunch of rules followers. We are a bunch of rules followers, folks. We say, well, that's not the congressional rule, so we can't say that. So so really, Mitch McConnell was doing a good thing, and John Boehner, God love him. I don't like him, but, you know, he's doing the right thing. He's trying to do a good thing. we got to follow the rules. Why is it we're the only ones that follow the rules? We're following the rules right into our, the end of our country. We're being obedient to the rules. To what end? The end of the republic. Why did we as a nation, liberal, progressive, conservative, republican, independent, all of these things, why did we do it? Because people want free stuff. The indoctrination went all the way back to the 30s. Knock down religion, man. Make religious people sound crazy. That's your first step. Get your agendas in all of your children's education programs, even the clubs like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. 
Get your agenda in there. But people just want to sit at home. They don't want to work. They want to sit at home in their free houses, on their free phones, watching their free televisions, eating their free food, all the while whining about the disaffected, how they're, they're so disaffected, they're so disrespected, they're so disconnected. You all owe me stuff from guess who. And I said it last week. There's not free things. You understand. There are no free things. You understand this, right? Even these abortions, they're killing themselves. 80% of the abortions are in the black communities. You do realize there aren't free abortions. They're not getting free abortions. You're paying for them. There's not free phones. There's not free computers. There's not free housing. There's not free food or free preschools or grade schools or middle schools or high schools or college. None of that is free, folks. Substitute the word free for your pocketbook, your paycheck. That's where all this free stuff is coming from. This is this whining masses. They want it from you, and you're giving it to them. They're robbing you, and you're smiling, and here, take my money. I love to see the videos of the people who say we're not going to be a victim anymore. If you go to my Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash God and Country Radio, you'll see a bunch of them there. Where the average everyday citizen said, I'm taking back the republic. I'm taking my country back, one thug at a time. And they're ganging up on thugs, robbing people on trains and trying to, you know, there's there's one of them where this poor lady is, she just ended up in the wrong neighborhood. She's overheated. She's sitting down. She's drinking her drink. She went in and bought from this gas station. And this bunch of black uh, punks, thugs, come up and beat the crap out of her. Beat her almost to death. Why? They told her, because you're white. You don't belong in this neighborhood. Beat her almost to death. A gay black guy kills two people on air, live, on national television. The president hasn't so much as made a statement. He got his gun legally. God bless the the, the father of the woman that was killed, 24-year-old daughter. Uh, you know, he's saying, oh, we need gun control. This is This tells you. Can't let the guns get in the hands of the crazies. Politically correct? Can't call people crazy anymore. Look, I don't want people with mental illness getting a hold of guns either. So if you're sitting there thinking, wow, that's kind of, you're kind of being, that's not very, you're not doing right there, mister. I don't want them to have guns. But I'll tell you what, an armed society is a polite society. Look, we were quiet, and we ignore the facts, and we ignore the fact that facts matter. We ignore facts all the time. We knew all the things that we needed to know about Barack Obama. We did. We knew it. We knew it. Yeah, I hear people talking about we're worried about Trump's lawsuits, where, you know, any political business improprieties. Look, this guy's a hugely successful businessman. The art of the deal, the deal is always a bit shady. This is from the art of the deal. That's business, folks. In this day and age, we need somebody who's willing and able to get in the fight, who isn't afflicted by the false belief that he can convince the media to be on his side if he says or does the right thing. Look, Obama's not in power because Bush wasn't popular enough. He knew how to perform. He knew how to use the media to his best possible benefit. Those same people I told you, they're getting all the free stuff. And a lot of you, a lot of you in your churches, I want to be part of history. He used his race and his youth and his coolness to his benefit in order to win. 
Today's an entertainment society. And and I'll tell you what, Donald Trump, I don't think he's the best guy for the job, but he's certainly making some changes out there. I don't think he's the best guy for the job. But you say, look, I'm going to stay at home. My guy doesn't get in. I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to vote on principle. Newsflash. You aren't prepared for what it's going to be like in this country. I'm not saying Donald Trump is a Reagan. No, he's not. But like Reagan did, he's going straight to the people. And it's to the people that he has the greatest appeal. Listen, we're sick of being emasculated and robbed. We're sick of it. Trump's talking facts, folks. He's talking facts. He's no Reagan, but he's talking facts. How long are you going to stay like this, people? How long? Are you satisfied with this? I don't think you should be either. I can't speak for you, but I've tried to give you some information that will be a benefit to you. I love you. Go to theninjapastor.com if you want to support. Go to theninjapastor.com. Click on Donate. All of it goes right back. All of it. It's not a ton of money. It goes right back into the show. Thank you for joining us. Share this with your friend. The link will be out on all the different social media here in about 10 minutes. Share it with your friends. Join us next week. Take care. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at the ninja pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www. DrSeanGreener.com In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.